everybody at war over atheism? Atheism? No. We've learned to get rid of all the isms in our time. Yes, long ago we realized isms are great for those who are rational. But in the hands of irrational people, isms always lead to violence. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Tim's Two Cents podcast and family hour, whatever it is. Uh, welcome. Thank you for joining me again this week. Um, this is episode 16. So if you made it through all these, I applaud you, and I, I hope that you go back through and listen to them again, hoping to glean more knowledge from them and to figure out the better way to live your life according to what I say. And that's really all I want from this is to get more people to agree with me, I think. Um, but besides that, just to kind of follow what I say and to admire me for my uh, witty points and remarks. Uh, if you haven't heard this before, if you're the first time listener, you're probably coming to this from the Yumi and BTC podcast. Uh, we do a, a live show every Thursday night on this same network. Uh, every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, we have me, Daniel Brown, Zach Vol. Uh, I think Zach's been out for the past two, but that's because he's, he's doing some uh, studying right now. So he'll come back even smarter than he was before. Um, but again, yeah, if you like like a, a conversation, a hangout between people, just kind of, it's much more, if you mean BTC podcast, it's much more just a hangout. We kind of sit around, we talk shit about different things. It does have a, a crypto-centric focus, libertarian. We talk about different, uh, but normally it always comes back to Bitcoin or some kind of cryptocurrency, whether it's the government's new uh, agenda on that or some kind of new ruling or something like that. It does normally have to do with Bitcoin or uh, cryptocurrencies. There's also uh, Zach Vol's The Coin Pod on this same network, which is very much crypto-centric. Uh, every week, Zach has a new person on an interview or new people on to interview. He does an in-depth kind of talk about the mechanics of different things, the, the, the actual specifics of how things work in cryptocurrency and new upcoming to upcoming technologies and possible new new ways we can go down new lanes we can go down with those so if you're looking again more for like a conversation a uh and also just like a technical explanation of bitcoin and of cryptocurrencies check that out that's at the coin pod um this show which actually i'll, I'll give you the last show on the network is and they have had a couple out i'm not sure if they've had one recently out but it's the uh, unpopular opinions podcast that doesn't have anything to do with cryptocurrency necessarily. They may mention it occasionally, but the uh, mostly their focus is kind of what, whatever they feel like talking about that that week. It might be uh, balanced by popular opinion. It might be any of these things. It, it 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 could be really just anything they want to talk about that week. So again, if you're not looking for crypto centric, which if you're not looking for crypto centric, I also say to listen to my show. Uh, but check them out too at Unpopular Opinions, and it's again it's two guys talking, so it's more of a hangout. This show is very much focused on me just ranting into a microphone for about a half hour, maybe a little bit less. Um, so also I I hate having to deal with um any kind of a like concrete set of truths or or, or things like that. Um. So I, I don't like having to do what Zach does where he's very specific and very uh, technical on what he knows. So I more like to focus on ideas and arguing about different ideas because I can never be told that I'm necessarily wrong. That's just my perception of what the idea is. So it, it works out for me. Um, 
But like, if you listened before, uh, I can give like a little ex- explanation of what this show is, and it's mostly. I find myself, if I look at different belief systems, different uh, ways people like to conduct their lives, I find a lot of things that I agree with, and I find a lot of things that I disagree with, and I find those in the exact same belief systems. So this podcast was kind of born out of my desire, wanting, whatever the fuck you'd call it, to go through all kinds of different belief systems, all different kinds of political systems, religious systems, moral systems, uh, ways of organizing people politically, uh, and go through all those and try to, you know, pick out the best parts of all of those, pick out where maybe they are touching on something that is true or at least rings true or maybe even feels good to think of, and then also the parts that are just well, sometimes blatantly false and sometimes also are kind of just manipulative, manipulative or kind of uh, only only really exists to beat you down with rhetoric and kind of dogmatic stuff where it's, it's not so much a system of living and it becomes more of a, a set of rules that you kind of tick off and then that means you're a good person and try to go through all the different things like that and figure out which one's work which ones don't uh and i'll i'll let you know in a few maybe like a few seconds minute maybe how, what we're talking about this week but uh i want to thank uh the reason why we're able to do all these new shows for you the reason why we're able to bring extra shows to you more content every week to you is because of chronologic which is again it, it, this if you're looking at this you're probably going to want to listen to zach's uh show too at the coin pod uh, but the whole idea is bringing and using Ethereum, leveraging the technology in Ethereum to work on smart contracts, work on debt contracts, work on these contracts and back them up with the blockchain, back them up with a decentralized ledger instead of ha- us having to depend on the state or depending on the state's ability to the monopoly of of their ability to monopolize violence and enforce things and instead saying we don't need that anymore uh we can just do it with our computers now uh we can enforce contracts and we can back them up and we can uh we can, we can put them down in stone so to say by ourselves we don't need your laws we don't need you to write these down on a piece of paper and put a stamp on it uh we don't need any of that shit so check them out check out chronologic they've done a lot for us they've uh kept up like i said they've they they're the ones bringing you guys all these new shows and let them know you heard about us through us um, get me on Twitter at Baker's Dozen 93. If you have any comments, questions, likes, dislikes, uh, about the show, about any of the stuff that I do, I'm more likely to see it on Twitter than I am on YouTube or, um, or Spreaker. I'm, it's going to take me a little bit to notice any comments on there. Uh, but if you have something you want me to talk about, I am finally starting to get to the point where I'm like, I don't know exactly what I'm going to talk about this week. So if people have ideas, suggestions, um, hit me up with those on Twitter again at Baker's Dozen 93. But this week I want to talk about globalism. And the problem with me talking about this is I have done almost no research. Uh, a few, probably like a month ago, Daniel shamed me into finally starting to write notes for you guys. Uh, and write notes like before I do the show so I have like kind of a cohesive argument throughout the whole episode. Uh, I haven't done that with this week. I haven't really 
look too much up about it. I looked up a Wikipedia article about what it is, and this may fall into things I've covered before, but I'm kind of just going to go with the the definition I found from Wikipedia for what globalism is, and that is... No, I have neoliberalism up, which is an entirely different thing, because as soon as you click on a, a link in Wikipedia, then you have 500 other different links you can go down. But the is by Paul James, who I'm not exactly sure who, who he is, but uh, he defines globalism as, at least in its more specific specific use, as the dominant ideology and subjectivity associated with different historically dominant formations of global extension. Uh, that means that basically besides a capitalism, besides all these different things that, that people will blame, uh, for, uh, like the world kind of spreading and then culture mixing together all over the place. I mean, uh, globalism has become like kind of like a hot button word in America just because, uh, Trump and Alex Jones and kind of the alt-right started to use it as, the the uh, a pejorative against like Hillary and her supporters and just that the idea of wanting to we're just bringing the world together. I think the rest of the world looks at globalism as what America has done with our kind of corporate crony capitalism of just we have McDonald's and Coca Cola and and all this shit everywhere and basically any kind of a developed nation does have a little bit of American culture in it. It's all been kind of. Uh, American culture is leached into a bunch of different cultures and it's no longer just like London or just Beijing. There is something American in all of those places. And uh, I think that's that's interesting right off the bat is where we have the alt-right going on about how America is being globalized. But then America has done probably, in my view, the most... The, the, the most like the most powerful force for globalization has come from America. So I don't, I don't really know how to look at that, who is really to blame for all of that, because I mean, while I'm sure, and I'm going to get into this later as to what it's good for versus what it's bad for, but I'm sure all kinds of people both suffer and benefit from globalization and from um, that kind of an idea and from the idea of, uh, what did they say? The associated with different historically dominant formations of global extension. I don't even know what the fuck that means. And that's part of the problem with any of this stuff is they're just, they just kind of throw in a bunch of different words. And to me, globalization has to do with kind of a, 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 a rubbing off of the edges of all different kinds of cultures. So then they all kind of fit together, kind of forming a, uh, a a uniform culture for the world and forming. I mean, it it goes as far as you talk about maybe like a, a a one world government or something like that, a one world currency. Those would be, um, I think, symptoms of globalization. Would would those two be? Uh, but as far as what I see is global globalization, globalism is just the. I keep forgetting what word I'm trying to think of to use there, but the uh, kind of melding of all cultures together, the taking away any kind of a definitive, well, we have this, you have this, and making everybody kind of the same, making everybody kind of the 
a, a, not a blueprint, but at least more similar to other people than we have been in the past. Um, like you, you've seen 1800s, different culture. You look at Japan or England or America, those all do have now England versus America, much more similar, but even, even still the dress was different. The culture was different. The food was different. The everything was different. We still do have those things, but in the sense of how like how they used to be we're much less different from the other people around us than we used to be there there's a much greater thing there if you go and talk to somebody in japan there's much more likely a chance that you guys have something to bond over whether it's food or it's entertainment all this stuff is kind of become partly because of the internet and that's a whole nother thing too about what the internet has done as far as globalization and it, just the shared experiences we can have across borders, across oceans, has grown so much in the past, I don't know, 30 years, 20 years. I mean, it's always been growing ever since, I think, the beginning of time. Like, you even talk about way back with the Greeks and how, I, I forget who became, maybe it was some some group became Hellenized. I forget if it was the Jews or the Romans. Because I'm trying to remember if I heard about this in history class or if it was in some kind of a Bible class. But the idea of like the Greeks went around, uh, kind of had their culture around, spread it around. Hel- the word was Hellenized them. And I think it was Jews. Like some of the Hellenized Jews, then whenever they come back after the exodus, or not the exodus, the um, diaspora, maybe? Uh, they would bring Greek culture back, and that, that I'm sure that happened in plenty of different cultures where you no longer have just one, like, kind of, this is the culture of the Persians, this is the culture of the Jews, this is the culture of the uh, Canaanites. You have now maybe a little bit of Greek culture mixed in all of those, and then maybe those all kind of mixed together, too. Um, as far as the good parts, because this is what I normally try to do is I try to go through the good parts or the, the benefits of any given way of, of doing things or whatever I've picked for the week. I do, I, I, I can't fight the, the logic that globalization has brought a lot of people up out of poverty. Uh, the, the, the spreading, at least as far as how corporate, or, uh, corporate capitalism and crony capitalism has kind of just spread throughout the world and there's at least jobs everywhere like we, we do have arguments there's people posting on twitter about how awful job conditions are and there's all these different things but the libertarian the, the, the anarcho capitalist in me also goes well if they are working at that place and it's literally it's not a slave shop it's not a it's not something like that even a sweatshop has its place because those people don't have any other options anyway it's not the it is not my goal in life it is not my uh purpose in life it is not it's not even my i keep on trying to use different words to kind of give me time to think of it uh but it's not my problem to make sure that everybody has a good paying job and good health care and good blah 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 um so I I do I guess like the fact that something like globalization, the mixing of cultures, the way industry is spread throughout the world, and that is that is something that is kind of weird. It, it looks predatory whenever you see like a corporation just oh we have this new market over in Asia and we can just start peddling cigarettes there. Now everybody like they're 
you're you're seeing the cigarette addiction of the 50s in the in America just be passed over to like China today. Uh, and it's weird looking at it. It's weird thinking about how a company does look at different areas and they go, "Ooh, wait, there's these new people and we can sell new things to them." But at the same time, that kind of incentive to make more money off of new people builds new businesses, builds new work. Uh, like I said, if they are working at a sweatshop, if they are working in a factory, that's the best they can get. If if your your life is so terrible in this job and it's just awful and you make Nike shoes every day and you stitch your hands into the shoes and it sucks, and I understand that, but... If you keep doing that and you keep on going back to the work, there's a reason why you keep going back to work. And it's not because you watch too much television and they were like, you need to buy things and have things and be be happy with the things you buy. Because that doesn't even really work for people in America. We, we There's a lot of unemployment here too. But the if you are going to work, if you're going back to that job and it is not compulsory... there's a reason why you're going back to it and that's because it's the best option you have whether that means you like maybe you're working in a sweatshop shoe factory but it's better than working out in the field for 12 hours a day uh i've done factory work i've done outside work i they both suck they're both pretty bad uh it depends on how much you're getting paid and who you're working with but they they both not really that much fun and i get that i'm not living in a third world country and i have better amenities but it's still they're both neither one of them are fun neither one of them are necessarily enjoyable but that's not what work is supposed to be but the whole globalization the the bringing in of like coca-cola starbucks mcdonald's everywhere has i think definitely created new jobs has has brought wealth into those nations if not necessarily for the people it has brought it to the the higher ups and there is a little bit of trickle down economics that i i will believe in i don't believe in the yeah you just give money to the upper class and it kind of just like filters down to the middle class it doesn't really do that all it really does is if you make the upper class richer eventually over years little bits of it do trickle down to the lower ends of society and that is a benefit over a a decent i mean it takes a while but in the end it is a good thing so i don't know like it's definitely it's not made probably the best way to distribute to distribute wealth but in the end i mean i don't know really what you're hoping for necessarily uh, you, it's it's hard to just give people money and then not just kind of like mess stuff up. Uh, it, it's and not not to say that it's good to just give money to rich people either. They don't really do all that much better with the money either most of the time. Uh, but as far as globalization, what it's done for uh, allowing more people to uh, have jobs, allowing more people to maybe even support their family it has done some good things besides that i think it also has like i was saying before we do have something we have more in common with people from different countries nations uh, regions than we ever had before and if nothing else that at least humanizes those people and it makes it harder if you if there is a war or if there is anything like that it makes it harder than to paint those people's animals as non-humans if you've then maybe if you've played video games with them online or you've talked about the new deadpool movie on a, on twitter or or like a message board it makes all of the the whole 
thing of making people who are not you seeming like non-humans. It makes that much harder. It makes it more difficult to kind of just do away with the the, the bad feelings you have whenever you think about their life sucking. It's harder whenever, whenever you see or you have somebody tell you about, oh, my life is awful or my mother works in a sweatshop or something like that. And then you can actually talk to that person instead of just reading about it in a book or something like that. It it does humanize those people. It does maybe even open up the world a little bit more. We're a little bit more all human. We we consider at least we like to think we consider each other more and we think about the issues that we all face a little bit more. Um, but I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that afterwards uh, in the second half or the second maybe quarter. It normally ends up being the quarter, uh, but that's pretty much all I have to say about like the good parts of globalism, the good parts of kind of spreading one culture throughout the world. Um, maybe money it'd be a little more, it'd be a little simpler, and uh, one world government it'd be I guess like. Uh, it wouldn't really be. I don't. I don't see that as being good for anybody here. It might be good for the governments because then they can all kind of just pull their money together. Uh, but I don't really know about that. But you're gonna hear a commercial with Daniel Brown's voice. I apologize for that. Apologize for uh, subjecting you guys to that. But I'll be right back after. And thank you. Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by Chronologic.network. Chronologic is an Ethereum-based project that aims to solve time-related problems on the blockchain. Through Chronologic's three core products, the Ethereum Alarm Clock, Debt Smart Contracts, and the Day Token Minting Mechanism, they solve the problems of payment scheduling, crypto loan time constraints, and unstable token launches. Find out more at chronologic.network. Okay, and welcome back, guys. Uh, again, I'm hoping you guys really enjoyed Daniel, the, the soft, soothing tones of Daniel Brown's voice in that uh, commercial. Now I'm going to talk about why globalism isn't so good, why globalism isn't maybe the, uh, the, gr- the great, wonderful thing that we all thought it could be. Uh, I'm not really exactly sure what I was talking about. I got interrupted for a second. But um, the idea is... Okay, we were going to talk about the bad parts of of globalism. Of kind of having the kind of mass... Mass-produced culture. And I think probably the biggest problem is just the... There is, there is something to people liking having their own thing. There There is something to people liking having pride in their their own area their own kind of um their own people there they they can have some kind of a pride in their in their in their family i think this goes back i did one of the first shows on traditionalism the whole, the idea of having something specific to your group is very pretty it's powerful for people it it brings people together more so than anything about well we all just need to love each other and bring each other together and we're going to have a a uh, multicultural nation and everything in as much as that sounds like a good idea as much as that sounds like a a happy thing there nothing unless we somehow have this mass change of opinion this mass change in the way that most people seem to think that's not really going to be possible as far as bringing people together over 
just all loving each other. There, there's something in all of us that we like people who look like us. We like people who do the things that we do. We like people who enjoy the things that we do. Um, so as far as it being bad, I, I, I see globalism as kind of a way of getting rid of that. I see corporate, uh, um, corporate or, um, crony capitalism as kind of destroying any kind of a individual, uh, industry inside of the country of destroying, uh, individual shop owners, individual, um, entrepreneurs, something like just mass corporations backed by one world government running everything kind of bothers me too. Uh, it, it does break everything down to the, the best, like, Oh, how can I make the most money here? Oh, we have this new market that we haven't hit with our new e-cigarette liquid now. So we can just send all our money. We, yeah, this will work. We'll just make all kinds of, and it, it does bother me a little bit because of that, the whole idea of, Globalizing people, globalizing uh, industry, globalizing nations, globalizing everything. The it doesn't really seem to bring people together. It doesn't seem to bring, as far as like like we we like to think we know each other more. We like to think that we would stand up against the war better. Uh, and it, I mean, it has happened. I still remember a couple of years ago, maybe, maybe even more than a couple where there was, we were going to, there was this big talk about going and invading Syria, kind of doing exactly what we did in Iraq. And a bunch of service members wrote a picture, wrote on a piece of paper and, and wore cloth over their face and was like, I'm not going to die for ISIS or some, something like that. And a lot of people on Twitter were against it, and they did seem to back off. Now, I don't know if they were ever really planning to do something or what it was, but I still don't see, because we watch Netflix movies that kind of are about incorporation and about uh, bringing everybody together, and because we watch television shows and we, watch, we listen to music and we we uh, have posters on, on subway in subway tunnels and we we put billboards up all promoting that we should just like each other i don't see that as really solving any issues we've had over the past time where we've been alive as far as people uh i don't see them just at, like it just doesn't seem like it does anything the idea of finding finding anything of of, of merit finding anything uh, good again. I'm I'm sorry. I'm getting a little bit sidetracked, but it's the idea of uh, like through our art and through our thought, we're gonna somehow get rid of thousands of years of us just disliking people who aren't like us and dis and and disliking people who uh like different things and who think differently from us. I just don't see that happening. I don't see I I only really see that as kind of putting a band-aid over it for a couple maybe a year, maybe a little bit like it, it kind of softens the initial oh, I don't like these people, but then once it, it then makes it very easy for people to do the counter argument, the counter propaganda of these people are, are, are your, your life is being stolen from you. Your, your nation is being taken away. And it's like, I have no problem with the United States having its culture lost. I'm not particularly in love with the culture of the U S but at the same time, I don't think the way to do that is to go 
we should be like Europe. We should be like blah. We should do all these things just like everybody else does. We should have something like the EU because it makes travel better and trade better. I, I don't think that's the way to go about it. I don't think that. Again, I'm if I am for government, I'm for the smallest government possible, and that is self-governance. Like I would rather have six billion different governments than have one world government. The idea of one world government, one world currency, bothers me because. The great things about both of those things for the government and for anybody in charge of things, anybody running it, is it makes it much simpler. Who do we pay money to? Just this person. And that one group, that one entity can do all they can to focus on ruining the lives of anybody who goes up against them. Uh, one central government, like the, the biggest threats to most governments, I don't think are their people uh, because anytime it is their people, it's because other governments have destabilized their people, uh, at least the way that that's the way it seems. So if you have one world government, there's never, that's just one big bully and there's no other bullies to kind of blacken their eye or knock them down occasionally, or maybe even knock them out. Uh, so the one, just one idea, one central globalized force is not the way I want to see things go. Um, if you liked the show at all this week, if you uh, hated it, uh, again, tweet me. Get me on Baker's Dozen 93 on Twitter. Uh, give me new ideas for future shows. Tell me what I did or did not do right. I may or may not listen to you. Um, but again, catch us this Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do another You, Me, BTC live show. You can get in there in the chat live where you can have pretty much instant feedback from us. We'll talk about whatever you say, probably. Maybe not, but uh, it'll be fun. See you guys next week, probably. Bye.